It's time, Fort Wayne. Your sports, your station. It's, it's a, a sports, sports rush, rush with Brett Rook. Covering all the topics that hit a nerve here in the Summit City. Clark, 11 yards, touchdown! Only on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Now here's your host, Brett Rump. The And away we go into a sports weekend. It is the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump, along with Adam Lundy, and we've got you connected on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line at 46862. Big hour on the way, including a talk with KB, Kevin Bowen, from 93.5175 The Fan down in Indianapolis. He helps host the morning show. We're going to get his take on all things happening in Indiana sports. State of Indiana, not Indiana University. We'll ask a little bit about Indiana, but maybe Purdue. Get his take on Pacers, NFL. A full roundabout. Yeah, let's just, we'll go around the whole state and circle and, and get his opinion. Kevin Bowen coming up at about 520. All right, so uh, the Tin Caps announced earlier today that the tickets are going on sale. Single game tickets are going to be available on this Thursday, this coming Thursday. And it's the traditional ballpark buffet for breakfast. Oh, man. Oh, that's why this got your attention, huh? Uh, I love little uh, ballpark breakfast buffet. I have not been to that event. I, uh, I'm i just trying to see if they've got the buffet menu on here. <laughs> Looking for those cinnamon is it, rolls. Is it going to be French toast or pancakes or maybe neither? <laughs> uh, Waffles? I don't know. Maybe some eggs and bacon? Who doesn't love some bacon? Oh, I love me some bacon. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, it's <laughs> coming up this uh, Thursday, 8 to 10 a.m. wonder if our, bo- our, our boys in the mornings, I wonder if they're going to be broadcasted. They should broadcast from there, right? That would be awesome. That they would be pretty cool. Have they- some breakfast and well, sell know, some that's, tickets. That should be all it takes for those two guys just to tell them, <laughs> hey, come on out and have breakfast. Oh, uh, we're not much better, Brett. I know. We're, we're pretty much scoundrels when it comes to free food. <laughs> but uh, that is on Thursday at Parkview Field's Sweet Level Lounge. And you can go up to the second level. If you've never been to the lounge, you'll be able to pick out your tickets and yeah. uh, and enjoy a breakfast. Um, that is February 8th, and that's at the ballpark. Tincaps.com also will have tickets available, or you can phone 482-6400. Of course, if you go online, you can also see the promotional calendar for some of the special dates. But if you want to get in with the best seat selection, you really want to start right away when tickets go on sale. You know, I what I used to do back in the day when I actually had to pay for tickets <laughs> was I would always try to find out when the single game tickets were going on sale. And yeah. I used to buy the Comet tickets and I would buy like a full season of Comet tickets based on when I could go and I would find the best available seats. One year I went and I may have told this story before. One year I went and back then you had the Ticketmaster outlets. You had all the different locations. Wow. And I went to one of the Ticketmaster outlets, and the tickets, right when they went on sale, they went in, started scanning, and they were showing me seats that were available. Mm -hmm. 
And there were two seats that were like right behind the penalty box, the visitor's penalty box. Okay. They were the first row of lower levels. So back then it was section, I think, 26, row A. And I'm like, how did you get two seats on the aisle right behind the visitor's penalty box? That Those good seats, well, you know, because they were the only ones that were available. And she said, I don't know. And then she went to the next game and the next game, and they were available for every game. And, and I found out later it must have been a season ticket holder that ended up either, you know, canceling out or something happened that those tickets became available. But uh, so I bought like 22 games and sat in the best seats I've ever sat in for a common hockey game. Awesome. Awesome. And, uh, and so that's what you do, that you take it from yeah. me. You go on this day and you try to find those those seats that were left behind by a season ticket holder or something where there's there's those two little seats that you want to sit in and then you can pick whatever games you think is or will fit in your calendar and just go ahead and take care of the purchase now. It's like having your own personalized season ticket package. That's awesome. You get to do all that, and you get to have a free breakfast. I mean, what what a better yeah. way to spend a morning. Yeah, that's coming up on Thursday uh, down at the ballpark. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Time to give you this week's ranking of Indiana's college basketball teams as we head into weekend play. And, uh, well, we're going to start at number 10, where we're going to, or number 11, because actually there's 11 teams now <laughs> in Division One basketball in the state of Indiana. And at number 11, it's the IUPUI Jaguars. They've got only a couple of conference wins, and we all know when one of those happened. Uh, but the uh, IUPUI Jaguars are now 6-18 and 18 on the year. They've lost their last four. They are number 11. At number 10, it is the Valparaiso Beacons. And you know, Adam, as a former Valpo Beacon baseball player, of course, when I played, it was the Crusaders. Sure was. Uh, but uh, Valpo, <clears throat> it hurts to say this, that they're just 6-16, six and 16, just 2-9 and nine in the Missouri Valley. They've lost uh, their last two games, get this, by identical 81-70 to 70 scores. What's the chance of playing two back-to-back -back basketball games that end with the exact same score, and you're on the losing end of both of them? But Valparaiso comes in at number 10. At number 9, I've got Evansville. They picked up a couple of wins this week in the Missouri Valley Conference. Keep an eye on those Purple Aces. They got wins over UIC and Illinois State. And our good buddy Bill Salyer, who is uh, the SID at Illinois State, he uh, handles basketball. So uh, Evansville got a win over Bill Salyer, who used to be with, uh, well, it was IPFW at the time. Evansville's now 13-9 overall, but they've improved with their two wins to 4-7 and seven in the MVC. Then at number eight, I've got Southern Indiana. Uh, they did end their five-game losing streak. All right. But they've still lost five of their last six now. Ah. And they are 6-16 six and 16 overall. But Southern Indiana comes in at number eight. At number seven, I can't move Notre Dame up. I want so bad to be able to move Notre Dame up <laughs> because there's a couple teams I think should move down. But you can't do it when Notre Dame just keeps losing. They lost seven of eight in the month of January. They've lost five straight games, two of them to Boston College. Notre Dame sits at number seven. At number six, I've got the Ball State Cardinals. At number five, the Mastodons. Go Dons. You know, and this is one of those things where, again, the Mastodons haven't necessarily earned the right to stay at number five. 
it'd be very easy to drop them, but the teams behind them aren't winning either. So, yeah, a lot of there's a lot of separation on this list. <laughs> the top three are pretty good, and then it starts it drops, and the top two are are really special. Mm-hmm. But uh, the Mastodons, I've got at number five just by default because I can't keep bumping them down when everybody below them is dropping down. So uh, Mastodons are fourteen and eight. Yes, they've lost five of their last six. And uh, they need to get a win big time. A big win against Youngstown State coming up at the Gates Center on Sunday afternoon. At number four, the Indiana Hoosiers. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Leave it at that if you want. Again, you know, it sounds good to be at four. But if you're an Indiana fan, you're probably not real happy with having three teams in your own state that would be ranked better than you. No. Indiana 13 and 8, 5 and 5. Number four, Penn State tomorrow. Got to win. (laughs) Got to win. All right, so let's go to number three, the Butler Bulldogs. Now, I told you earlier, you might want to take a look at the Bulldogs tonight, getting 10.5 at Creighton. Because Creighton's last three at home, other than the game, they beat DePaul rather comfortably. They beat Xavier by seven, St. John's by one, and Providence by nine. None of those were double digits. No, those are all under. (laughs) There's a good shot for Butler to try to keep it close with Creighton. Creighton's really good, but you can keep it close. And so I'm going to say that uh, Butler is able to stay within 10 and cover this bet. But Butler is number three for me this week. At number two, I've got the Indiana State Sycamores, the trees. We talked about them earlier. They got that big win on the road at Belmont earlier this week. They are 19-3. and 19-3, and three, and in a very difficult conference. Yeah. They have lost just once, I think. Are they 10-1 and one or 11-1 and one now in the Missouri Valley? They just have been very consistent, great shooters, outstanding guard play. They got that one big that wears the funky glasses. I don't even know. <laughs> 19 and 3, looks first like, in MVC. He looks like the guy who shows up at the Y yeah. thinking he can ball. And then he does. And he, you know, he throws on a headband and some some goggles and looks big and out of shape, and then he ends up just torching you from three. That's what this this guy can shoot from it's, outside, take uh, it to the basket. Robbie Avila. Yeah, I yeah. think that's him. Shout yeah. out to Robbie. Uh, so Indiana State number two, and at number one, no surprise, it's the Purdue Boilermakers. Twenty and two on the year, nine and two in the Big Ten. They are a half game ahead of eight and two Wisconsin after Wisconsin's loss to Nebraska last night. And Purdue, Wisconsin, head to head coming up this Sunday at one o'clock. Don't forget you'll catch all that action on WoWo 92.3 FM. Only on the FM frequency, Purdue, Wisconsin, Sunday with a pregame at noon and a tip at one o'clock. 92.3 FM. Don't miss the Boilermakers. There you go. There's my ranking of the teams. Uh, all right. So we took, we, we talk about, uh, NFL and getting all the coaching vacancies filled and, uh, mentioned that the, uh, uh, the other day that finally Dan Quinn was hired as the Washington Commanders coach. So we want to give out some grades. And, uh, Adam, I'll have you read the coach and then I'll tell you what kind of grade I will give. To that particular hire. Oh, great! Let me get a, just a second. I'll get my uh, my uh, my list up here. I got it now. 
All right, let's start off with the Washington Commanders hiring Dan Quinn. You know, Dan Quinn is probably most remembered for the 28-3 Atlanta Falcons lead over the New England Patriots in the Super Bowl. And just like the Patriots kind of resurrected from the dead, they actually came back to bury Dan Quinn's coaching career and put him in the coaching grave. (laughs) Uh, He's getting a second chance with the Washington Commanders who had other options. You know, I'm not sure if Mike Grable was available, but you had Bill Belichick, who uh, apparently was very interested in this job. Dan Quinn gets the hire. I'm not sold on Dan Quinn. I'm not sure what Dan Quinn you're getting because you saw inconsistency both in his time in Atlanta and I thought there was inconsistency in the Dallas Cowboys defense. You hear Micah Parsons, the comments that he made. I don't think that's an endorsement for Dan Quinn. I don't necessarily like this hire. And so I'm going to give the Washington Commanders a C- minus for their hire of Dan Quinn. All right, the Atlanta Falcons hire Raheem Morris. Uh, Raheem Morris, I thought, did a did an okay job with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, but again, he was young, uh, got a 10-win season with Josh Freeman as the quarterback. Um, I Ultimately, I think this is a meh hire. I'm not sure that I'm excited about it, but I also can't be too critical of it. It's kind of a wait and see for me on Raheem Morris. So I'll give the Atlanta Falcons a C+. Plus. All right, the New England Patriots, they don't have Will Levis at quarterback, but they're going with Mayo. <laughs> they got the Mayo. That's one thing they got. I, You know what? Uh, at this point, I've got to give this a D. Okay. You knew for a while Bill Belichick was going to be eventually retiring, or there was going to be a reason to kind of end the relationship. And, uh, and the best option was the guy that you – hired to replace him within 24 hours. I I just don't buy with with what they did as a coaching search that this was the best available candidate. I think this was the in-house guy that they had a good relationship with and it, it, they were maybe blinded by the qualifications because they knew him well. He had done the organization well. He'd been a good player. So for the New England Patriots, I'm I'm not excited. It could turn out to be a great hire, but at this point, I can't give them anything better than a C-. minus. All right, moving on to Carolina Panthers, hiring Dave Canales from the Pete Carroll coaching tree. And uh, I think that helps having uh, Pete Carroll, a guy that had a, a fairly good relationship with his players. I uh, I think one of the things we're going to have to watch is how he handles Bryce Young. That's going to be the main job. I think he's going to do a good job. I think he's uh, a Shane Steichen kind of guy. I think he's, uh, you know, no frills. He's going to keep it very simple for Bryce Young, and he's going to be very direct. And I think if uh, Bryce Young is willing to be coached, I think Canales will be the right guy. I, I don't think the Panthers completely whiffed here. I'm going to give him a B. All right. Uh, Tennessee Titans hiring Brian Callahan. He's been one of the flavors of the month for the last couple of years. He's one of those young offensive coordinators considered to be a bright, young offensive mind. Of course, uh, helping a guy, Joe Burrow, in the Cincinnati Bengals offense. And now he gets his job in Tennessee with Will Levis. Is Will Levis Joe Burrow? No, No. not by any (laughs) means. But... I think there'll be some things that he maybe learned in how he handled Burrow and things that he used in the offense to try to be tailored more toward the quarterback's uh, liking. 
that he might be able to use in Tennessee. Remember, they had a defensive-minded coach. Now they go to an offensive-minded coach. To me, that makes more sense, especially when you've got a young quarterback. And so I think Tennessee did okay here. I'll give them a B. Maybe even a B-plus. I might even be generous and give them a B-plus. Look at you. All right, the Raiders going with the player requested, (laughs) player favorite, Antonio Pierce. It's got to be an A at this point. And I'll tell you why. Because you've got to get the buy-in of the players. Absolutely. The players wanting to play for a head coach is like step one. And it, it was clear that the Raiders bought into this guy And remember, the Raiders didn't do this when they had the chance to do it before. They couldn't make that same mistake twice. No. And so even if you don't think Antonio Pierce is the best candidate to be the head coach, this was a no-brainer decision for the sanity of the organization in the locker room. So I, I think, Raiders, you did the right thing this time. Probably what you should have done the last time you had a chance to take an interim coach and make him the regular coach. So... I'll give him an A. A for the Raiders. All right, the Seattle Seahawks going with Mike McDonald. Um, I I think it makes a lot of sense, uh, but I don't know if Mike McDonald is uh, quite ready, but we'll see. I guess it's a work in progress. I'm still kind of surprised that the Seahawks moved on from Pete Carroll. I don't think Pete Carroll was done. I think Pete Carroll still has some good years in him. But uh, I kind of got to go with a wait and see. I don't think it's a bad hire, but it's a surprise that the job was even open to begin with. I'm going to give them a B minus. And last but not least, the Los Angeles Chargers hiring Jim Harbaugh. Oh, this would be an easy A plus because I think they got the best coach of the bunch. But I don't know if I can give an A plus with the amount of money they spent to hire Jim Harbaugh. Mm. $18 million a year? That's what the rumored numbers are. Of course, he's been successful everywhere he's gone. But you really had to dig deep in your pocketbook to pull out Jim Harbaugh. And you wonder, you know, as an organization, I guess if you've got the money to pay the coach that much, then more power to you. But, it, you know, a lot of these guys making, you know, $4 million, $5 million, $6 million, and you're dropping three times that on Jim Harbaugh. It's an expensive hire. It's a high-risk hire. But I think it's the right hire to match Harbaugh. Uh, with a with you know who could still be a good quarterback Justin Herbert, a lot is expected now of this Chargers team. A lot is expected, and there's going to be a lot of expectations on Justin Herbert. He's going to deal with probably pressure he hasn't felt before. But for Jim Harbaugh, he's had success everywhere he's been. I think he's the the man you've got to get if you get the chance to get him. Even though I do think they kind of over invested. But, yeah, but I think they're going to make a lot of money back this season, so too. So I'm going to end up settling on an A-. minus. Give him a ding for that. Yeah, it, it's it's very close to an A. It started as an A+, plus, but the amount of money and, and the risk that you're taking, um, because I still think that that's a roster that needs some help. Yeah, and they're already an estimated $45 million over next year's salary cap. Right, so there's going to have to be some tough personnel decisions. All right, there you go. 46862 is Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Coming up, we're going to talk to KB, Kevin Bowen. He joins us next here on the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. I am Brett Rump along with Adam Lundy and joining us on the guest line 
from 93.5107.5, the fan down in Indianapolis. It is the host of uh, the morning show, co-host of the morning show, Kevin Bowen. KB, how are you on this Friday? Doing great, Brett. Good to, uh, good to be on with you guys. Uh, okay, so as we go into a, a sports weekend here, there's a few topics, top and center. Uh, I One that is... For me, I, I don't know if I know the answer, if we will know the answer, if any information will leak out, but you're much closer to the source than we are. The situation with the Indiana Hoosiers and the two injuries that we saw from the other night, because Malik Renew and Xavier Johnson, if they're done, if they're not coming back, I think it's uh, basically a lost season for the Hoosiers. Yeah, I, obviously we haven't gotten you know clarity, public clarity on that just yet. I think there were some early indications that maybe it didn't look as bad as it certainly, at least for me, looked on Tuesday night. Um, I mean, I thought both of them, the emotions from both of them were you know, easily felt through um, through through the TV. Um, so you know, hopefully, you know, for Indiana's sake, that is you know good news on that front. Um, you know, they're just in a position right now where. You know, it goes without saying that they can't afford any losses, and you know they have played better basketball here the last couple of games. Um, but yeah, I mean, both of them were again uh, just didn't look good at all on Tuesday night, and certainly I, I, I would have assumed that they would have missed some time just watching it. Uh, but we'll have to wait on some clarity on that. When you look at the Hoosiers and Anthony Leal, is that an indictment on Woodson or in some ways uh, is it good for Woodson saying, hey, look, he finally figured it out. He's got to put Leal on the court. How about a little bit of both? Um, you know, it's not the guys in front of Anthony Leal, I think, had earned or cemented themselves into the lineup. So the fact that it took until, you know, whatever, the start of February for you to you know, turn to him, um, I, I think is a little bit disappointing. Um, I just think in general, Brett, one of the things that I think has to be frustrating for Indiana fans when you talk about this season in general is if you look at the top of the Big Ten right now and you look at the three teams, whether it's Purdue, whether it's Wisconsin, whether it's Illinois, you're seeing very impactful transfers at guard and wing spots. And these guys were not, you know, household transfer portal, you know, oh, my gosh, can you believe they're in the portal? We're going to have to beat out Kansas and Duke, et cetera, et cetera, for their services. You know, A.J. Storr at Wisconsin and Marcus Damask at Illinois, the leading scorers of their respective teams. And, I mean, hell, we saw it the other night again. Lance Jones has been huge for Purdue. Um, and these are not guys that came from, you know, in Damask and Jones' case, they actually came from the same school. So, um, I think that's probably the frustrating aspect of it is, you know, whether it's in-house development with a guy like C.J. Gunn or Caleb Banks or it was finding the right guys in the portal, uh, there was just some big swings and misses in the roster construction down in Bloomington. Kevin, I don't know if I've ever asked you this question. Have you been to a game at Mackey? I have, yes. Um, yeah, I've probably been to, yeah, I'd say how close to 10. Recently? Uh, yes, I went to, what was it, Penn State, probably about a month ago, a little bit less than a month ago. Yeah. I mean, that play sounded crazy uh, in that game the other night against Northwestern. I, it, I mean, what, uh, I thought it was a classic uh, battle of heavyweights, and I know Northwestern is not necessarily one of the teams we think of as the top blue blood in college basketball, but let me tell you something. <laughs> Don't look past the Wildcats. They're well-coached. 
They got a, a gutty, gutty senior leader at guard. They got another veteran guard with him in Ty Berry. That's the type of team that could make a surprise run in the tournament. Don't forget about the Wildcats. But uh, when you look at the Boilermakers, were they exposed a little bit? Because a, a lot of our texts coming in saying Purdue has a vulnerability to elite guards. Yeah, you know, it's funny you say that. It's, I'll probably actually go back to your original point. I actually grew up with, I'm sure, obviously, you remember Ryan Klein. I, I grew up oh, yeah. with the Klein family, and, and Ryan's older brother, Kyle, and I still played you know, a variety of sports growing up, and he texted me on Thursday morning when we were doing our morning show, and he goes, that was the loudest environment I've ever <laughs> been I was there on Wednesday night. I mean, think about that. You know, Kyle obviously saw quite a few games of his little brother uh, throughout his time at Purdue. And for a 6.30 tip against Northwestern on a Wednesday night to be the loudest environment <laughs> that Mackey, I mean, I absolutely love Mackey. It's, it's just an incredible venue. And that faithful is, you know, as passionate as they come. So, uh, you know, I, I guess I'll start there. Uh, you know, the thing about Wednesday night, it's kind of funny you said that, Brett. You know, I tweeted out a couple of thoughts at the end of the game and, you know, one of the thoughts I did have was like, whoa, I mean, Northwestern, I mean, that's a potential second weekend of the tournament type team. I mean, dude, we know what plays in March. It's guard play. Yeah. And Boo Boo and Ty Berry were, I mean, outstanding on Wednesday night with their shot making. I said leading into the game, I, I said this was kind of a March checklist game for me in that Purdue has been so good in winning in a variety of ways this season. But and again, Boo Booie is an outstanding college basketball player. But the small, dynamic, quick, you know, very skilled guard is, I think, worrisome. Now, the great thing for Purdue fans is Boo Booie does not grow on trees. And, you know, hopefully the selection committee will be kind to Purdue and, and not even, you know, put Northwestern in the bottom part of their bracket. But that type of guard, again, the dynamic, skilled, you know, probably a little bit smaller guard, but certainly quick. I do think if you're going to look at Selection Sunday and say, what does Purdue not want to see in their bracket, I think that type of player, honestly, is probably the type of player that they want to avoid more than any other. I, I don't view it as the, you know, hey, here's the great 6'10", 6'11", big guy that, you know, could maybe give Zach Eady trouble or at least, you know, whatever, somewhat neutralize Eady. I don't view that. I view it more as the quick guard, and I think you saw it late in the game. You know, when Northwestern went up five, those back-to-back possessions, you know, Bowie gets Edie on the switch, boom, he just gets a sliver of hope. And that three he hit in front of Chris Collins, I mean, that's, I mean, had a shot making 10 out of 10. And then the next possession, Edie does what probably Edie should do. He reacts to Bowie in more of a, hey, let's defend the shot. And Bowie just kind of dribbles around him and finds Brooks Barnheiser for that layup there. So, um, again, I don't know if I'm like, Overly worried, but I think Northwestern showed you last year, earlier this year, and again on Wednesday night, that type of player, as it would do to a lot of college basketball teams, but certainly Purdue, that is of worry, I think, uh, when you start to, you know, just match out what could these possible teams look like in Purdue's bracket. I'll tell you this, it will not surprise me come uh, March Madness if the last two Big Ten teams standing are Purdue and Northwestern. And I've seen everybody play. But Nebraska is a different team at home. Wisconsin, I think they're good. Uh, I just don't know. I, I, I haven't bought in 100% on Wisconsin. And I just don't know if anybody else is that strong. I Illinois, I'm not going to buy in on. 
I think they can be defended. Uh, and uh, and I'm, I'm not sure what the future status is going to be with Shannon. I, I don't think he should be playing, to be quite honest. But ultimately, I think it comes down to uh, Purdue Northwestern. I like them both as teams that you could see playing on that second weekend and maybe the last two standing out of the Big Ten Conference. I want to ask you about the Pacers, too. Uh, now that we've had a chance to see Siakam, um, what do you think about it? The the mix with Siakam on the court. We haven't had a chance to see full Halliburton. We've seen partial Halliburton. Um, what do you think about the Pacers uh, post-Siakam trade? You know, part of me almost feels like we're in the you know TBT acronym still of just like, man, I'd like to see everybody healthy. I'd like to see it, you know, no minutes restriction for Halliburton. And, you know, the bummer of it is obviously in the short term, it's led to a lot of Jekyll and Hyde. Like they lost, I believe, the first three without Siakam. Then they win their next three. Or they, they lost the first three with him. And they win their next three. And now they've lost their last two coming into, you know, really an unfortunate back-to-back tonight where Sacramento was in Indy last night while you were, you know, getting your butt kicked on the offensive glass yeah. in New York and losing that game. So I just feel like it's a little bit of Brett of like, man, I don't think I've seen the full, you know, ensemble, if you will, just yet. And the bummer to it, obviously, again, is the up-and-down nature. But also the trade deadlines in six days. And, you know, what do you do with Buddy Heald? What do you do with Obi Toppin? You know, two guys in contract years. I think Toppin has had some nice minutes here as of late, but it's also a logjam at that position. And, you know, his presence is stunting Jarris Walker getting any minutes. Uh, Heald is in quite the shooting slump. He was terrible last night. And when he doesn't hit open shots, he's a liability because he doesn't give you anything on the defensive end of the floor. So mm-hmm. I think those are some questions they definitely have to answer here in the next six days. Um, you know, I was a little – I don't know if we've talked since the Siakam trade, Brett. I was a little lukewarm on it than probably most. Um, I don't love the idea of taking that big of a swing and handing, you know, 200 some million out to a guy into his 30s when defensively I still have questions about this team. Like – if I'm going to make a swing of that nature, honestly, ironically, the OG and Anobi swing would have probably been the one that I would have looked into more because, again, that to me is your biggest issue. And, you know, Siakam, I think, has had some really nice moments here in the last couple of weeks. But, you know, for a variety of guys, they just still go off against the Pacers. I mean, if you only look at individuals, I mean, go back to Jeremy Grant, go back to Malcolm Brogdon a few weeks ago, your season highs there. Kevin Durant goes for 40. Booker goes for 100 or whatever the final total was. And last night, Jalen Brunson. You look at Boston on Tuesday. They score season high in points in the first half. You know, Phoenix did the same thing to you last week with, you know, over 80 and a half. That question still remains. Because when you get to the postseason, yes, as much as, you know, having another individual playmaker offensively is helpful, the defense ratchets up, so you know how you're able to guard, how you're able to defend on that end remains a big question for me, and you know I still have that you know post trade. Kevin Bowen joining us here on the Sports Rush. Want to turn the page to the NFL because all the head coaching hires have been made, and looking at the list, and uh, of course Dan Quinn gets picked up by the Washington Commanders. That's a head scratching hire to me. I don't get it. If you were looking for an experienced guy, you had Bill Belichick out there. Uh, you go with a defensive coach. Uh, okay, fine. Dan Quinn in Washington. You got Raheem Morris in Atlanta. You got uh, Mayo in New England. Canales in Carolina. Callahan in Tennessee. 
Uh, Antonio Pierce keeps the job with the Raiders. Mike McDonald in Seattle. And, of course, the big one, Jim Harbaugh, going to the Chargers. Out of this list, and I don't think Harbaugh would qualify, but out of the list, especially among the guys that haven't been prior coaches, so we're talking about Mayo, Canales, uh, Callahan, and uh, McDonald. Is there a Shane Steichen? Is there one of those guys or... Uh, you know, are we are we looking at anybody here that could be that that surprise influential grade A hire that we're going to talk about next year at this time? You know, this time last year, um, the Brian Callahan name was intriguing to me. You know, I, I, I was curious if that is something that the Colts would try and dip into, given his offensive quarterback background. You know, obviously trying to resurrect that position here in Indy. Clearly, Tennessee is trying to do that with him and Will Levis. Um, I find it interesting, Brett, that you know of the eight hires, um, you know five of them are on the defensive side of the ball. You know that has not been the trade, or that's not been the trend we've really seen here as of late. Um, if you look at the three offensive hires, you know those all kind of make sense, though. And like I said, Callahan with Levis, um, you know, Dave Canales with Bryce Young. And then you know, Jim Harbaugh and and Justin Herbert. So um, I, that I think is just a question that franchises have got to really look in the mirror about. Of well, certainly Houston had great success this year with the defensive guy, uh, with a defensive guy in Demico Ryan's, but you know they also dodged the bullet this offseason and Bobby Slowick, their offensive coordinator, not moving on mm. of these you know openings there. I thought you know for the Colts that could have been something they might have benefited on. You know, if C.J. Stroud had to deal with some early turnover. So I'm a little surprised by that. And just in general, the names, like Mike Rambles, not going to have a head coaching job next year in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, that to me stands out more than anything. The Belichick one, I do think it's, you know, it's a bit of an acquired taste at that age. And I can understand a little hesitancy in there. But you know, the good told me at the start of the cycle, you know, both the Lions coordinators, Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn, and Mike Rabel, all three not going to head coaching job. I'd be pretty surprised. We'll see. I mean, you know, does Andy Reid hang it up if they win at all? I don't know. He strikes me as kind of a lifer in this. But um, I am a little surprised just by the heavy defense and then, you know, some of those names, of course. What do you think? Uh, ben Johnson is staying in Detroit. Uh, was it the situation? Was it the money? Was it the teams decided they weren't interested? I, I was surprised because I thought, first of all, I thought he was on the market last year. Now, this year, I thought, oh, well, he's going to get one of these jobs. There's seven of them open. He's going to get one of them. And Johnson goes back to Detroit as an offensive coordinator. How surprised were you with that decision? Yeah, I'd love a little truth serum on Ben Johnson from some of these teams interviewing him and exactly what that experience has been like. I feel like it's a little conflicting on that. Um, you know, Washington, to me, like, that, that on paper, that kind of looked like a Decent opening to better than decent. I mean, okay, Dan Snyder's no longer there. Can we all <laughs> kind of like realize that? I, I, so it's a new ownership group. It's, you know, a, a new GM coming from the 49ers who've drafted, you know, incredibly well. Uh, they've got the most cap space in the NFL. They've got the number two overall pick, and they've got five selections in the top 100. Again, on paper, that's a pretty enticing, you know, rebuild in terms of what you are walking into there. So, you know, for that job to be. I don't know, turned away potentially by Ben Johnson or viewed in that light, uh, that is a bit surprising to me. He probably still looks at it, and, and, and probably smartly, of, you know, we've got a great thing here in Detroit, and I'm going to be pretty choosy. Like, does he view it almost like 
okay when the Justin Herbert Chargers opening happens next year. And I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying that type of you know attractive opening. Mm-hmm. You know, I I, I want to be the guy that that takes it. But you know, it, it, it's just one of those questions I think owners are facing right now. Is it the leader of men, or is it the innovative offensive mind? Obviously, you'd love to find both. But you know, what what's the route you want to take? What's the path you want to go down? Because uh, they obviously are, you know, two very very critical elements to you know finding the right guy. Gardner Minshew is a Pro Bowler. How about that? Yeah, I think it's an absolute joke. Um, <laughs> but it, I got a question though. What, before you give us your thought on it, I do want to ask: Do you know if he had any kind of a bonus in his contract that I, kicked I in? Assume, I would assume no. I mean, I hate to be rude about it, but you know, it almost seems like a waste of time potentially <laughs> having that sort of bonus. I didn't think backups I mean, got that kind of language, but I, I thought you know maybe sure. if you just throw everything at the you know at the contract, say hey look if things happen, you know I'll throw in there. We make the playoffs. I'll get a bonus and make a you know I don't know, but uh, I'm like well, boy issue, that'd be a gift. Well. well the issue, Brett, is, again, the only reason why he is a pro bowler is because Josh Allen wanted to play golf at Pebble Beach. <laughs> like, that, I mean, that's that, that's the problem that I have with this. Is You know, even look at the Forrest Buckner and Ryan Kelly. They had nice seasons, definitely. But they are pro bowlers because the Kansas City Chiefs won and the Baltimore Ravens lost. Creed Humphrey for the Chiefs is in the Super Bowl, so they need another center. Boom, here's Kelly. Uh, Chris Jones with the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. They need another defensive tackle. Here's Buckner. And a guy like Dyer Franklin, he would have been a pro bowler had the Ravens won because that would have meant Roquan Smith or Patrick Queen. Both of them would have been in the Super Bowl, so that would open up a linebacker spot. So that's where I just am like, this is where the, the, the lack of like credibility or notoriety with a pro bowl nod comes. It's just the alternate list can often depend on who wins the title game. You know, if the Lions would have gone, then all of a sudden that opened up a bunch of spots, you know, from, you know, Lions Pro Bowlers, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm more of an all-pro guy. I I think that's a better indicator Mm -hmm. of the season that you had. I almost think they should cut off the alternate list at some point because, again, I just – like C.J. Stroud got in the Pro Bowl via via an an alternate. Uh, Tua made it originally. It's it's still going. Uh, The other two quarterbacks were Mahomes and and Lamar Jackson. Of course, Mahomes is not – and Lamar backed out. Again, C.J. Stroud is an alternate. You know, he probably earned to be next man up, if you will. But when you start to get down on that list, and Gardner Minshew was not even announced as an original alternate, that's where it just kind of lessens, um, you know, how you almost view that or how much, how much you feel about it. Like, Brad, in any way, shape, or form, should in 10 years down the road, the high school assembly honoring former you know, school record holder Gardner Minshew, <laughs> the principal grabbing the mic, saying, "This is a you know, Pro Bowler Gardner Minshew." That, and the fact that the principal of Zaire Franklin High School just gets to call him like really good football player Zaire Franklin, that just kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, all right, so before we let you go, we'll put you on the spot. Who wins the game Sunday? Boilermakers at Wisconsin. Oh boy, that's uh, that's a great one. Um, I'm going to go with Purdue. Again, to your point, I'm not totally sold on Wisconsin. Um, I did think Matt, Matt Painter made a good point earlier in the week of the thing about them is it's not just one guy. You know, when you take away one, they are very, very, very balanced. But uh, I'm going to say Purdue gets it done on the road at the Kohl Center and then, uh, 
they remain in full control of the Big Ten the rest of the year. He's officially on the record, taking the Boilermakers, making <laughs> our audience very happy. Kevin, appreciate you. Uh, enjoy the weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you again. You bet, Brad. Always enjoy it. Have a good one. Yep, that is Kevin Bowen joining us here on the Sports Rush. Always a pleasure and a joy to have KB jump on with us, especially, you know, his weekend starts at like 10 a.m. on Friday morning, and then here we are. Coming you know, to interrupt five o'clock hour asking, uh, hey KB, I know you're probably just now kind of kicking back, enjoying your weekend. No, nah, not today. You're going to talk to me. Uh, but anyway, KB uh, joining us from 93.5-1075, the fan down in Indianapolis. We got to continue to roll on. We're taking you up until six o'clock. Don't forget, uh, before we go to break, want to tell you real quick about the special programming we've got tonight. No high school game, but we do have a high school post game. Now, it may seem like a bit of a misnomer, but the idea is that we are going to be on the air after the games end. So, therefore, it's post-game appointment listening, as we'll be uh, broadcasting from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut with the Parkview Sports Medicine post-game show. We'll talk about the sectional semifinals We'll give you all the results. We'll tell you what the matchups are for the championship games. Our broadcast plans coming up for Saturday night. It's all going to be part of a pack show tonight about 9.15 live from the Pine Valley Pizza Hut right here on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Stick with us. Friday edition of the Sports Rush continues next on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Sports Rush, your daily local sports fix, 4 to 6. Brett Rump with Adam Lundy. And, of course, you've got a chance to text us on the Parkview Sports Medicine text line. Your thoughts, suggestions, questions, 46862, the number, 46862. Coming up tonight, it is a high school basketball postgame show without the high school basketball game. See, the games will take <laughs> place. They're going to take place. They'll be all over the place, Right. Right. We won't have one on the air, but that means when you get done at the gym that you go to tonight to watch girls sectional basketball, first thing you do when you get back to the car is you push the button for 1380 and make sure you're locked in with us to get scores of all the other sectional action and to set up who the sectional championship matchups will be coming up tomorrow night. Of course, our plan tomorrow night to be in Columbia City for the Parkview Sports Medicine High School Basketball Game of the Week. And we will expect that it's Homestead, Columbia City, but we take nothing for granted. No, we don't look ahead of game. No, can't look ahead. Both teams can't look ahead. You've got Columbia City taking on Huntington North tonight. You've got Homestead taking on New Haven. But if both of those teams survive tonight, then tomorrow night that will be the matchup. It will be a darn good one with two teams in the top ten in the state. And... uh and, of course, for Columbia City, they're trying to get over that Homestead hump. Yeah. And for Homestead, they're trying to win on Columbia City's floor and take a sectional trophy, which would also include taking Columbia City's nets, which, geez, that's just the ultimate. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, but that that will be our plan. So we'll be on the air with the championship game of the Columbia City sectional coming up tomorrow night at 730 Uh, Also this weekend, don't forget Purdue basketball against Wisconsin, a big one for the top spot in the Big Ten. 
is going to be on WoWo 92.3 FM exclusively. 92.3 FM WoWo Radio. And on Sunday, the pregame will start at noon, the tip at 1. Also on 92.3 FM, you've got IU basketball tomorrow against Penn State. A noon tip, Don Fisher and company with the pregame show starting at 11 a.m. Don't forget tomorrow morning, you've got Talking Sports, Jim Shevlin. We'll be on the air starting at 9 o'clock, take you up until 10, as he'll be talking local sports of all sorts tomorrow morning from 9 to 10, right here on uh, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Big plans this weekend for you, Adam? I'll be doing comments tomorrow. I'll be watching some uh, some basketball tomorrow. I'll definitely check out that uh, IU game this weekend and the Purdue game, so a lot of fun. And then on Sunday, you also got Mastodon's basketball at the Gate Center. Yeah. Women tomorrow as part of homecoming weekend. And then tomorrow night, you've got the uh, volleyball team taking on Penn State. The Nittany Lions will be in town at the Gate Center. All right. So it's IUPUI women's basketball against the Mastodon Saturday afternoon, Saturday night. It's volleyball against Penn State. And then on Sunday, wrapping up homecoming week, it's Youngstown State invading the Gate Center to take on the Purdue-Fort Wayne Mastodons, a 2 o'clock tip, and we'll be on the air with the broadcast on Sunday at 1.45. Got to take a quick time out, come back, wrap it up, get you into your sports weekend next. This is the Sports Rush on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM.